0: Today on episode number 535 of The School of Podcasting, we have some feedback from last week in our podcast, Rewind. We're going to revisit the topic of, hey, someone is doing my show, but I've brought in some additional information, so I'm going to cover it from a different angle. We're going to also talk about, hey, I think it's time to zag, and holy cow, my cat got a record deal. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so very much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I take my 20 plus years of helping people understand technology and we help you massage your message. We help you tackle the technology, face your fears, flatten that learning curve and get you on the road to a successful podcast. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code Write this down listener l-i-s-t-e-n-e-r use that when you sign up and you will save on your registration fee and I will see you on the inside looking forward to that and I know you just said did he just say what so uh, if you're new to the show I have a cat that will occasionally make an appearance uh, usually in the most inopportune times because well he's a cat and uh, last week we had uh, international podcast day it was a great time was on uh, September 30th So it's been a little over a week And it turns out I went over to Pittsburgh Because I work for Libsyn, Liberated Syndication and, uh, Which is a podcast media hosting company And uh, while I was in Pittsburgh I come home and my cat has gotten into all my guitars He's dragged the keyboard out of the closet And the whole place just smells kind of uh, Well, it smells like Bob Seeger, Kind of old and musty and uh, next thing I know, I turn on the TV and this commercial came on. New from Cat Tell, it's Bernie's greatest hits. It burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. Bernie sings the hits. Get your copy today. Order now and get a free autographed litter box. And man, if you thought he was hard to deal with before being just a cat, wait till he's a famous cat. It's ridiculous. But uh, I want to talk today And I kind of have two points to make here, and they're at opposite sides of the spectrum. But one of the most frustrating things I go through as as a podcast consultant is seeing someone, they have the right stuff to create a podcast, but they're more skilled at finding reasons not to press record than to actually press record. And so someone will come to me and they'll say, I want to do a podcast about whatever. But someone's already doing a show like that. And the first thing I say to them is go to iTunes, find a show like yours, because it's probably already there. But look, when was the last time they published a show? Because a lot of times it's like 2012. You know, they did about five episodes and went and they're done. So just because it looks like somebody's doing a show like yours doesn't mean that they still are. But, but, but what if they haven't quit? What if they're still going? And so I've talked about this before. So I went out to find a new way of kind of explaining this, and I found an interesting example. Uh, and for that, I want to look at McDonald's, and I, I figure that's a good example because I think everybody around the world knows what McDonald's are. And here are some interesting facts. And when I say facts, I mean they're from Wikipedia. So uh, you know, I'm not sure how exactly accurately you know Wikipedia is, but. Do you think McDonald's was the first hamburger chain? I thought I kind of thought they did. They'd just been around forever. Turns out they weren't. A&W was the first, according again to Wikipedia, the first hamburger chain in 1919. So like people would come up with their horse and buggy. How does that work? Followed by White Castle in 1921. And so McDonald's didn't come along until 1940. So my point on this is, here's another one that I was like, really? And by that, I mean, really? McDonald's started as a barbecue joint, right? You know, the, the, and so when they have the McRib, that wonderful mystery meat smothered in some sort of red stuff, yeah, they're going back to the roots when they bring back the McRib. They started out as a barbecue joint, but they found out that they were selling more hamburgers. Their audience, their audience, their customers wanted hamburgers. Then the other really big deciding factor, they were more profitable. So they started in one direction and then they followed where their audience wanted and the one that made more moolah. Now, again, before there was McDonald's, there was White Castle and they developed the supply chain and the automation to have a nationwide food chain way, way before McDonald's did. But when McDonald's then got into the game... So here again, they didn't look at White Castle and go, well, I was going to create a nationwide chain of hamburgers, but somebody already did that. No, they went, hold on a second. They didn't recreate the wheel. They looked at what others were doing, and they borrowed the best and tweaked the rest. Now, when Burger King came along in 1953, did they say, well, I'd open up a restaurant with kind of like this whole assembly line thing with hamburgers, but, well, two people are already doing it. No, they didn't recreate the wheel. Instead, they tweaked the wheel and they added flame broiling. And for those of you that remember it, they, ha- they, they their slogan was, have it your way, have it your way, have it your way at Burger King. And yet I can't remember my phone number at times. That's scary. And uh, so they, they tweaked it. So what is the one thing that's in common here? Well, apparently, at least in the U.S., uh, we can't get enough of hamburgers. I mean, if you throw some sort of meat concoction and squirt some ketchup on it, apparently we will eat it. In fact, I think in America, if you put ketchup on anything, we will eat it. Socks, whatever, uh, it's, it's amazing. And so number one, one of the reasons this works is they have a product that everybody wants. Everybody just, you know, food. We all need food. And the other thing they did is by having multiple people in the game, it kind of forced them to look at their competition and look for ways to innovate. Hence breakfast was introduced and how could we live without the McGriddle? Holy cow. Uh, they also introduced things like bigger hamburgers. The big Mac was introduced in 1967, which is why I remember being a very small child of, uh, let's see if they came out in 67. I was, I remember I was just four when, uh, Let's see, well, I was actually two when that came out. But believe it or not, it, back in the day, uh, a hamburger back then was not a child's meal. It was actually made for um, adults. And uh, so then when the Big Mac came out, I remember it was like, ooh, can you actually eat all of that? It, was, it looked like it was eating a mountain. But that was an innovation. And then later, the innovation of the drive-thru and if you think about it, over the years, basically innovation has just been boiled down to one word: bacon. You know, look, it's the new bacon burger with a bacon bun smothered in bacon. It's three hamburger patties. It's, that's innovation's getting a little old at this point. So, my point is here: if someone is doing a show like yours, there are two words. Who cares? If you think it'll be fun. If you think people will enjoy it, do it. The worst thing that you can do for yourself in podcasting, and this is something I quit doing because it just made me miserable, is comparing myself to others. Because number one, it doesn't help your audience at all. It doesn't. There's nothing that you do there that helps your audience. Now, by this, I mean, I don't, I don't, I I listen to a lot of podcasts about podcasting, but I I don't do it in a way of what are they doing better than I am? I'm just listening for news and ideas and because of my podcast stories and things like that. But if I were to look at income reports, that drives me crazy. So I don't do that. Because in reality, podcasting is like golf. You know, it seems like there's competition, but really you're only really competing against yourself. It's not like there's somebody standing in front of you blocking your listeners from your feed. Right? So let's let's move on. So my point there is don't let the fact that somebody else is doing a podcast like yours stop you from doing one. Because what if it's fun? What if you actually have a good time? What if people actually like it? All right, now on to my second point. And I want to talk about innovation. So as as much as we look at other people's shows and we see who's doing things successfully. And then a lot of times we try to do what they're doing. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about innovation and the fact that I really think it's time to zag. Uh, I grew up in the eighties basically. And back then there were people, I think it was Tiffany and Debbie Gibson. They were these squeaky clean little girls that, that sang pop songs and then along came a girl named Madonna, who pretty much every time you saw her was getting more and more naked and pretty much grind anything that you threw at her. Uh, and so consequently, she stuck out like a, like a sore thumb and got lots and lots of attention. And you know what? She's Madonna. Now, fast forward to now that I don't know about you, and this is a whole other podcast. I don't want to get into the whole Like movement. I'm so tired of seeing talented female singers that every time I see them sing, by the end of it, their butt's in my face. And that just, is there no other way for a woman to sing except in her underwear? And I'm not a prude, but like literally... Every Beyonce song, she's got the wind in her hair and she's in, and it's like there's her booty. Yep, there it is. Now, here's the interesting thing. Now there, and then I just saw, I just saw Britney Spears on the iHeartRadio something something, who doesn't even really sing anymore. And what's interesting is, for a while, like Britney was the the poster child of "Look, I can sing in my underwear." The problem is, uh, that's like, where do you go now? Like, okay, we've seen it's another, you know, cute girl in her underwear singing. And it is kind of sad because there are are plenty of people that have really like large amounts of talent. So here's the fun thing. Fast forward now, one of the top selling artists now, female artists, doesn't take her clothes off, um, sings rather passionately to where I actually believe the words she's saying and sold 31 million albums. And her name, of course, is Adele. I would call that a zag. If you compare, you know, whoever. And, and for the record, Beyonce's not hurting in the in the record sales either. But there are so many cookie cutter things. I think when you stand out and you zag, it seems so different that it may actually make you stand out and people are like, oh wow, she's different. She's not singing in her, you know, Victoria's Secret outfit. So this is why I think maybe, maybe, I'm not saying you have to, but I'm saying maybe we should think about zagging. Uh, Todd Cochran, uh, the man behind Raw Voice and Blueberry.com, really nice guy, also does the new media show, just launched a new show called Podcast Legends. You can find it at podcastlegends.com, and it's interviewing podcast pioneers. Now, for the record, I'm sorry, Chris Hardwick is not a podcast pioneer, these are people that started in 2004. And one of the things I forgot about in listening to the show was how many of the early shows in the early days were just wacky. They were just shows that made you go, what? And let me give you some examples. There was a podcast, it's still going today, called Yeast Radio. It was hosted by Madge Weinstein. And was one of the, it was voted the, one of the most subscribed to podcasts in 2005 by, uh, I believe, Apple at the time. And Madge would say, I mean, outrageous things about the government, about her hygiene. I just remember she was often bloated. And in general, she said things often that people only think. Like, I don't think she had any kind of filter. She was angry. She was Jewish. She was fat. Her words, not mine. And uh, oh, yeah, she was a lesbian. And there was one other small twist, shall we say, and that was Madge was a dude, uh, better known as Richard Bluestein or Steen. Take your pick. And so it was definitely one of the things when you listen to that was, number one, if you could handle the language, and there was a lot of it, Madge was pretty darn funny. Again, kind of in a shocking way. She was kind of the queen of you would tune in because you really didn't know what to expect. And again, back in 2004, not a lot less, uh, not not a lot of podcasts to listen to back then either. But that the difference between Madge and say Milton Berle, like people call Milton Berle the, the king of TV. He was Mr. Television. Merle, Milton Berle was up against the test pattern. I mean, come on now. But Madge was, was actually kind of funny. And one of the things that made podcasting Really, kind of like our own little thing is the fact that there was no way, and I mean, no way that Madge Weinstein would ever, ever be on radio or TV. And it really, it kind of made podcasting special, it made it unique, and it made it intimate. And again, Madge is still going strong at yeastradio.com, which was interesting. And, and I'm going to talk about uh, saying things with your out loud voice, uh, hasn't really improved the sound quality since 2006. Audio volumes are all over the place. I was like, wow, really? But one person did a show called The Daily Download, where he recorded his thoughts while using the bathroom. Let's just go there, shall we? Yeah, get it? The Daily, yeah. Kind of where Dave Slusher from the Evil Genius Chronicles mentioned how one podcaster had a show called Podcat where he would play clips of other shows intermingled with clips of his cat. And here I thought I was doing something unique. Apparently not. So why did people do all these crazy things? It sounds weird. Because they could. Because they... I mean, we saw podcasting as the floodgates were open. There was no radio. There was no FCC, really. There was no program directors. It was yours. And if people didn't like it, who cares? podcasting back then was much more of an art form. People grabbed their stick microphones, they pressed record because they had something to say and they could be creative. Now, for the record, I also remember making fun of these people back in 2005 because it was art, man. Oh, what do you mean you want to try to get... I remember I, I walked in, me and Paul Culgan in, I think, 2005, walked into Ontario, California saying, hey, I think we could monetize this. And people were like, how can you monetize my art, man? Come on. So... Yeah. So it is artwork. But I, I really think we've gone too far from, hey, man, it's art to just overthinking it. I was listening to Gimlet today, uh startup. You know, these are the people that have staffs of 20 working on a single podcast and they just they they think about the launch and the target audience so much that their sphincter is so tight, I don't think they can breathe. It's amazing. And I think we are following in those footsteps. And I understand why. I totally get why. Because when these people launch, they get 300,000 downloads an episode. And so we think we have to do what they're doing. And to a certain extent, there's definitely a lot we can learn from those people. Uh, But I think we've gone too far overthinking podcasting as if our lives depended on it. We're all preparing as if this is going to be a full-time job someday, because it might. And that is true. It might be. But here's a fun fact, going back to the restaurant analogy. According to CNBC, 60% of restaurants fail in their first year. Now, that is a company that is serving food. That is something that every single person on the planet needs, not wants. We need food. And 60% of the restaurants are like, nope, sorry, nobody wanted it. It's amazing. Now, if we take that, that's what it's like when you're peddling something that people need to live here with podcasting. We're roughly at what? 30, 40% of the planet has just figured out that we exist and people think they're going to make six figures talking about their love of Barbarella and other fun movies. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. And this is what's bothering me just because let's say your topic doesn't lend itself to making a full-time six-figure living with your podcast. It shouldn't stop you from starting it. It shouldn't stop you from having fun with it. And and so i give you an example. We'll go back to another one here. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and whatever the heck is on CBS, the guy with black hair, um, that guy, you know him, from Comedy Central. Um, three guys interviewing celebrities. Doing And they all have like a seven-minute segment of which they're going to say today, welcome to so-and-so. They're in the new movie, blah, blah, blah. Hey, uh, how are the kids doing? Great. Let's talk about the movie. You should roll the clip. It's the same thing. I'm a Jimmy Fallon guy. I, to me, I about wet my pants. Anytime they they bust out hashtag the panda, I just know I'm on the floor somewhere. That is the dumbest gag ever, and it makes me cry. I laugh so hard. (laughs) And hashtag the panda. But one thing I like about Jimmy Fallon, he's having fun. It's obvious that he is having fun. And so, now granted, I'd be having fun too if I was making millions of dollars a year interviewing beautiful celebrities. But if you would have fun with your podcast, then start it and have some fun. I mean, when you look at the people who are making big bucks in podcasting, that can really stress you out. If, and if it stresses you out because you're like, oh, I'm not making $150,000 a month, it can take the fun out of fun. And that, my friends, I feel is a crime. So to kind of boil this down, if you're thinking of starting a podcast... And there are other shows doing a show like yours. You you know what? Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, and I want to say Craig Ferguson, but he's not the guy. I know you're screaming at your dashboard. I will think of it later as soon as I hit uh, stop on this. But, you know, all those people, uh, Conan, they're all doing the same show. And you know what? They're all apparently successful because they keep getting renewed. Why? Because apparently we can't get enough of celebrities. And I think that's part of it, you know, and that's the, the, I guess, good news, bad news. We are so niche. We're never going to have the 10,000 downloads when you're doing a show about people who love to eat sock, you know, ketchup covered socks. I don't know that that podcast is going to do really well. I'm sure there's a group for that, but, you know, because there's a lot of fiber in that, but, uh, you know, it's not going to work. So don't let the pressure of the perfect launch and the pressure of getting a million downloads stop you from just having fun. Now, granted, there are are tons of places where you can do your podcast as a business. I just want to talk to those people who haven't started yet and they're on this hurdle. Don't let that stop you. And the beautiful thing is, as we wrap this up, is if you look at your show and you go, yeah, but it really is just like every other show, there is nothing stopping you from painting way outside the box and doing whatever you want to mix it up. It's your podcast. You can do it however you want. Hey, if you are a regular listener to the show, thank you so much. You know what I'm going to say right now because it's October and this is where I ask my audience to chime in and help me make the last episode of the year. And speaking of that, if you're doing anything with like Thanksgiving here in the U S and a food drive, or if you're, I know like Glenn, the geek over at horse radio network, he's working on his Christmas extravaganza thing that he does every year. You got to get hopping on this. And I'm working on my last episode of the year. And this is where I ask you a very, very, very tough question. And that is, What is your absolute favorite? You can only have one. I know it's hard. I know you want to say it's a tie. It's not a tie. You can only pick one. Because if you give me two, I'm going to edit it out. (laughs) I'm just being straight up here. What is your absolute favorite show? So this is what it would sound like. Something like this. Hello, my name is blank of the your website at your website address, if you have one. Now, if you don't have a podcast, if you don't have a website, you you don't have to put that. Where we, and this is where you briefly explain your show. This is your elevator pitch. And my favorite podcast is blank. The reason it's my favorite is, and then you can go as long as you want with that answer. So again, I don't want to sound ungrateful or anything. I don't need your second place show. And I know it's a hard choice, so you don't have to explain that. Uh, but you can give us as much why as you want. I'm just letting you know ahead of time, it's going to end up on the editing room floor because that's the only part we use. Hello, my name is Blank of the Whatever Podcast at Whatever Website where we do whatever we do in my show. And my favorite podcast is Blank and Here's Why. Now, the cool thing about this, if you're, again, are new to the show, I turn these into books. I transcribe them, get them kind of beat up, and... Uh, Then I'm not making any big dough on this. Uh, It's called My Favorite Podcast Is, and there's a 2015 version, there's a 2014 version, and I sell them for 99 cents, and no, you don't get a cut. But you do get mentioned in the the book. You are not listed as an author either. I need to say that up front. So that's the deal. And if you're ready now to answer that question, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash favorite 16 favorite in the number one and the number six. So school of slash favorite 16 and you will be included in the book. The last day that you can do this is November 30th. That's when I cut it off. That gives me a whole month to get them transcribed, get them proofread, get them formatted into a book and then put into Amazon and it will be the very last episode of the year so I'm going to thank you in advance. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And uh, if it's the same one as last year, that's fine too. So don't make it too hard. It's already hard enough, I know, to pick your favorite one. But go to schoolofpodcasting.com favorite16. Thanks so much. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time. I started something last week as we go over a podcast glossary here, all the verbiage that you get with podcasting. I got a ton of it. And today we've kind of got one subject, but it's multiple subjects. So last week we talked about the A's and today we're going to talk about the B's. And so we're going to talk about bit depth, but that means we're going to talk about sample rate and export or encoding rate if you're new to the show, I just love analogies. They just come to me naturally. So for this one, I'm going to use the analogy of a camera. So let's say you're taking pictures at a NASCAR wreck, at a NASCAR wreck. Well, isn't that really what we go for? (laughs) You're taking pictures at a NASCAR race and unfortunately someone wrecks. One person has a camera that takes 10 pictures a second And the other person takes five pictures per second. Who has the better representation of the wreck? Well, the person that takes 10 pictures per second because they have twice as many pictures. The sample rate. You'll hear people talk about the sample rate. What is your sample rate? That is how many times your recording device. So this could be your computer, portable recorder is, and we're going to do this in air quotes, taking a picture of your voice. And the standard is 441, which means it takes a picture of your voice 44,000 times a second. That's a whole lot of pictures. Now, can you go higher? Sure. But there is a minor problem. Most everything is created in 44.1, and you mix when you mix it with other sample rates, they need to be resampled, because I know I've done some stuff, uh, and... I'll have all my pre-recorded audio and everything's 44.1. All of a sudden, I'll bring something in from outside of who knows where it came from. And it's at whatever, 48 or something. And it goes, hey, this doesn't match the other ones. Do you want to re-encode it? And you're like, sure. Not a huge deal. Just telling you that's what's going to run into it. So pretty much, for the most part, 44.1 will do fine. Now, people that work in music industry and recording studios will go, oh, you got to go as high as you can. I'm here to tell you, uh, no, you don't not for something that's going to be listened to in an earbud. So it's not the end of the world, but in the end, remember that most people are going to listen to this again in the car, in earbuds, whatever. And the, the details you gain from upping your sample rate are not really worth the hassle. And that my friends is my opinion. So, all right. So what is bit depth? Well, if we stick with the analogy of the camera, the sample rate is how many times per second, the recording device takes a picture of your voice. The bit depth, I'm going to say, is kind of like the megapixels on the camera. Most people record in 16-bit. Can you record in 24? Sure. Is it needed? Not in my opinion. But again, if you ask engineers who do music, they're going to disagree. I'm just saying, for me, 16-bit is fine. And what you can always do is record something at 44.1 16-bit, then set your recorder or your computer to record 44.1 24-bit and see if you hear the difference. Can I save you about five minutes? You're not. Uh, Now, the other thing you want to do is you want to record in what's called a lossless format. Lossless means the sound you record is what you hear back. You don't lose anything. And the good news, that's the good news. Right? You didn't lose anything. What you recorded is what you said is it's there. The bad news is this file is huge. So when you record, you want to record in a WAV file on the PC or an AAC file on the Mac. That's your best quality, but you don't want to force your audience to use these gigantic files that destroy data plans. So we encode these WAV files, these AEC files, as MP3 files, which are much smaller and still sound pretty good. That's the magic of the MP3. So we're gonna switch analogies here. So your sample rate is how often you take a picture of it. The bit depth is kind of the megapixels of that. And so I go 441, 16 bit. Now I want to use a different analogy and talk about painting a house to explain encoding. The sample rate in this example is how much paint is on your brush, right? So 44.1 is your typical sample rate. The encoding rate, so now I've got this wave file, I want to basically encode it into an MP3. The encoding rate in this analogy of painting a house is how fast you move the brush across the house. Because think about it, when you're painting, if you go too fast, no paint gets on the house. If you go too slow, you get too much paint and then the paint runs. And so there are three formats that are used frequently. One is 128 uh, KBPS. I believe that stands for kilobits per second. Again, we don't really care. Stereo. So most people just call it 128 stereo. Uh, This is sometimes referred to as CD quality. That is debatable. Some people go, no, 192 is this. But... For me, it's the highest acceptable rate. Anything above 128 is just overkill. What it does, it makes your file bigger. It takes longer to download. And the the return on investment is just not that good. So anything above that, in my opinion, too much. And you're just wasting your storage space. You're wasting your bandwidth. And there's really not that much of a difference. There might be a difference if you're doing a lot of music, but just in spoken word, probably not. Now, if you take 64 mono, the file is half the size of the 128 stereo, but it just has no stereo separation, which if your show is mainly talk, again, no big deal, no big loss. So that is, again, the, we talked about bit depth, sample rate, and then exporting or encoding rate. And this is where I say, what you could do is you could record your voice and just say, this is me recording my voice as a WAV file. Then take that file, export it as 128 stereo. Then go back to that same exact file, export it as 96 mono, then export it as 64 mono, listen to them three, and then vote with your ears. Just remember that there are people across the planet that don't have tons and tons and tons of bandwidth. So the general idea is to get the best sounding quality with the smallest size file. So that is the bees of our podcast glossary. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. A couple episodes ago, as we do the old rewind here, I mentioned, here's what I believe, why I believe. One of the things I've always said, that when you create value for your audience, they will find you, they'll go, oh my God. And then they will download your entire back catalog. And um, my buddy, Kale Nelson over at ham 360com Super duper. Nice guy said, Dave, I wanted to for you this email I got. And uh, this came from his listener, Aaron, who said, Hey, Kale, I just wanted to drop you a quick note. Three weeks ago. I knew very little about ham radio and a coworker sent me the link to the workbench episodes. Now kids notice what happened there. Word of mouth. When you create value, You people know Kale, they know he's Mr. Ham Radio, dude. And somebody asked a question about Ham Radio. Bam, you got to go talk to it's Ham Radio 360. So he found out from a friend. I thought they were very interesting and wanted to learn more about Ham Radio. So I went back and listened to the whole back catalog of your podcast in about two weeks. I decided it interesting hobby and it was time to get my license. Saturday, I passed all three tests after about a week of studying Just wanted to say thanks to all the great info in getting me into the hobby. Now, if I'm kale, I might come up with a test prep unless they're already in there. Of course, I don't know anything about ham radio, but um, I mean, to me, how do you spell value? I downloaded your back catalog. I spent two weeks listening to your stuff that my friends is uh, that's how I spell value. Then I got another email. From Mike Murphy. Do you know Mike Murphy? Uh, Real nice guy. Uh, I got to meet him in Florida last year at PodFest. Are you going to PodFest? Are you going to PodFest? Come on, podfest.us. Great uh, event that is going on. We're going to be screening the Messenger's documentary there. So if you haven't bought your tickets for PodFest yet, it's in February in Orlando. For me, enough said. They could be serving ketchup covered socks. I would be going to Orlando in February, but he says, uh, Mike does, um, Mike Murphy unplugged. It's a podcast kind of about podcasting, but Mike is literally a Jack of all trades. And he sounds like he's kind of a master of most of them. But last week I did an episode about, you never know who's listening. And Mike emailed me and he says, Hey Dave, the head of Adobe audition, better known as Duren Gleaves. I'm going to say Duren is English. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, what's your name? My name is Darren Glaves. He says he emailed me over the weekend to let me know the entire audition team listened to his podcast, episode number 56, on audition and thought it was great. And to let them know if he had any free requests or if they needed anything. He says, I was a little surprised. He had no idea. So I said last week, you never know. When you say, oh, I've only got 17 people listening to my show. Well, 17, guess what? 15 of those are the team from Adobe Audition, maybe. Or maybe it's the president of who knows what. So again, don't get hung up on, it's only so many people. So thank you, Mike, for uh, sharing that. That's really, really cool. And uh, Mike emailed me back because he was on my newsletter list. If you go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter, you actually get my show notes delivered to you automatically, which is very, very cool. So if you're on a, you know, if you're in the middle of the grocery store right now, you're walking the dog and you're like, oh, what was that thing he said? School of Podcasting slash what? just remember schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter and sign up for the newsletter and you'll have the notes come to you automatically. The other piece of feedback I got was from the one and only Glenn, the geek Hebert from horse radio network and said, Dave, I really appreciate that whole thing about the file for download thing, but wow, you went deep in the woods. And here's the thing that it dawned on me. I had put out so much stuff about that whole segment and I was trying to cover every objection, and here's something you can do, and that is see if you can come down to your main point. What is, what is your main point of your segment? And see if you can boil it down to a couple sentences, and then make sure every point you build on helps to reinforce that one main point. So here was the one main point, and when I emailed him the, the answer, I went, you know what, I should have just said that. I went on for five, 10 minutes about, oh, an SEO and blah, blah, blah. I simply could have said, look, you can, because the whole thing was, can you use Libsyn and PowerPress? And I said, people using file for download don't. Here's what you can do. Upload it as a regular episode and use the direct link. It doesn't hurt your RSS feed and you can get the bonus of using Libsyn's destinations. There you go. Done. You, you upload it as an episode, use the direct link into PowerPress. You're good to go. So uh, you could always, it's one of those things where I always like to listen back to my show. And it's always great when you get feedback. So thank you so much, Glenn, for that. I'm always happy to know that, hey, you know what? That was as clear as mud. And I went back and listened and I went, you know what? He's got a point. The other thing, speaking of podcast rewinds, we've done a few of these, but the Podcasters Roundtable Uh, I also got an email, I should have shared this one, from somebody that said, hey Dave, I heard you on the Podcasters Roundtable, and again, went back, downloaded my entire back catalog. So, do stuff with your quote competition. But we did a great episode on, with Glenn Hebert, speaking of Glenn Hebert from horseradionetwork.com, about subscribers and getting people to subscribe, it was myself, it was Glenn, it was Paul Colican, of course, Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast, and Ray Ortega from Podcaster Studio. And it went a little something like this. I'm always thinking about this one. Like, did, did you hear it? And it don't, not only do you hear an ask, but people tell you why. They tell you why. It's critical to this show being, being put in front of people on iTunes. It's critical to this show. Yeah, I had a client <laughs> who made it to number one health, Number one self help, number 18 in all of iTunes before we started tracking that morning. And a, um, an associate of his said, Dude, you're never going to make it without reviews. <laughs> nice. And, 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 and he showed me the text. I'm like, Well, here's the deal. Where is he in iTunes? And we pulled it out and it, we don't know because it wasn't top 200. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good discussion. Really good. Love those guys. And uh find that over at podcastersroundtable.com and I'll have a link to it out at school of slash five three five. And that is going to do it for this edition of the School of Podcasting. If you would like to learn podcasting from somebody who's been doing it for 11 years, who has a background in teaching and who would love to help you, we're getting a ton. We just opened up again. We've reopened and uh, getting a lot of great feedback on the new system we had a great round table this week we've got another one coming up wednesday night so if you sign up now you could join the that's just live q a with me uh and that is part of the package go over to school of start and use the coupon code listener and you'll be surprised at the discount you get when you do that and you could be on the inside you could start your podcasting look the best time to start a podcast was in 2004. The second best time to start a podcast is right now. And I can help you with that. We'll flatten that learning curve. We'll help you massage your message. I'm helping uh, Derek. He's been really struggling on how to get a uh, title for a show, but we're all in the Facebook group. We're all brainstorming with him, trying to come up with just the best name. It's really, really exciting. I'm really happy with how things have turned out. And I would really love to have you on the inside, helping you with it. Next week, we're going to be talking about what do I do when my numbers start? to like actually go down. Like not, I'm kidding here. It's they're they're going down. What do I do? We'll talk about that and anything else you would like to talk about. So I hope to see you on the inside again, coupon code listener. And until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. It was Stephen Colbert is the guy on CBS, the guy with the black hair that I could remember. Yeah, Stephen Colbert, so you can quit screaming at the dashboard, I got it.